number one, obviously, all glory to God. And then there's a campus, the most efficient organization on the planet. I mean, I'm going to put a plug in because I think we're in the damn state of Iowa. Bobby Telford, I'm the baddest man on the planet. Hey, what's up? Hello, everybody. Welcome to In the Room, a wrestling podcast from the Des Moines Register. I'm Cody Goodwin, the Register's wrestling writer, and I'm glad you're here. Happy. We're recording this on a Monday. Um, We'll see if it gets up Monday evening or Tuesday morning, Um, but full week of wrestling on the way. Iowa girls state regional tournaments kick off on Friday, Friday, Saturday, this weekend, they're upcoming, uh, but a really heavy collegiate dual slate. Iowa's headed out to State College to wrestle top-ranked Penn State, but here in the state of Iowa, the state of Oklahoma is coming up to make their yearly weekend run through Oklahoma and Oklahoma State coming up to wrestle the Panthers and the Cyclones, and to preview those four dual meets coming up, two in Cedar Falls, two in Ames, brought on Seth Duckworth, Big 12 correspondent for Intermat and knower of all things Oklahoma wrestling, it seems like. Seth, how are you, my man? Uh, doing good, Cody. Uh, glad to be on. Uh, four different duels coming up, all Big 12 duels. Got uh, Iowa State, Oklahoma on Friday night at Hilton and Ames, Saturday, Northern Iowa and Oklahoma State at the McLeod Center in Cedar Falls, then Sunday, uh, Northern Iowa, Oklahoma, and Cedar Falls with Iowa State and Oklahoma State wrestling in Ames. Going to be a pretty fun weekend of wrestling, I think. Um, but I wanted to start here. Um, just kind of what have we learned about these teams so far this year? We know their records. Um, we know that, you know, Oklahoma State, very legendary brand. I know people that listen to this show um, and probably who follow your work doing, you know, covering the Big 12 at Intermat know that Iowa State's having themselves a heck of a year. You and I's made a little bit of noise here and there. Um, you know, things are happening in Norman with the Sooners. Um, but what what really have we learned about these teams this year? And so I wanted to start there. And I know your expertise really lies with covering Oklahoma State. Um, what have we learned about the Cowboys? Like, what's a big thing that you've maybe just kind of learned watching them this season? Um, I would say that they're they're not the the traditional teams that Oklahoma State fans and, and really wrestling fans uh nationally are used to. Um, you know, they've been ranked around, you know, from 10th to 15th. And in a, in a lot of places that's that's not so bad. You know, that's I mean a lot of places that's great. It's a it's a you know what where you want to be and in the top 15 in the country and all those things are great. But uh at Oklahoma State that's not what what they what they really strive for you know they've got a lot of national titles um historically they're you know the number one program ever and uh they're arguably in their their worst period in 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 his, the history of the program right now uh they uh you know like I say that that 14th range is not uh what Oklahoma State fans are used to what wrestling fans nationally are used to and I, I don't think it's what the coaching staff or the wrestlers want them to be um but it, it's been kind of in a weird way, a, a fun team to watch this season uh, from the perspective of like duels are a little bit closer. I, I don't know. You know, some people Bedlam was on ESPN um, on regular TV ESPN uh, this year. And it, that came down to the wire and, you know, uh, the, the very last match was a fall for um, Luke Serber uh, to beat OU. And again, it, it wasn't the number one versus number two ranking that maybe they, that we saw some of 10, 20 years ago, but, uh, but it was a fun one. And so they've had some excitement from that standpoint, but yeah, just traditionally they're not, you know, they're not the hammers that uh, Oklahoma state's used to having, but, uh, but it's, it's kind of been interesting to watch certain guys trend in certain directions and certain guys trend in other directions because, uh, because it's a little more crucial, I think this year than say just watching a handful of guys, try to keep their top five ranking or whatever and, and and that sort of thing because it's like some guys are climbing up, some guys are going down, and 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 you're kind of seeing them go in every other direction as you watch the season play out with OSU. Eight and one coming into this weekend. They've won five duels in a row. Um, haven't lost a conference duel yet. Um, they've got five dudes, so half the lineup still ranked top 20 based on Intermat's rankings. Um Handful of names that I know people know really well. Dayton Fix still there at 33. Travis Whitlake up at 184. Dustin Plott at 174. Wyatt Sheets, Hayden, Caden G. Feller are all still there. 
Um, but just really curious, like why, how did the program get to this point? Cause on paper, they're still, I mean, it's still a very good wrestling team. I, I would consider them in the mix of, you know, there's probably 10, 12, 15 teams that are going to be in this mesh that tries to compete for third and fourth place at the NCAA championships, barring something super crazy. Um, I don't know where they're at in that pecking order, but how did, how'd they get to this point? This, cause like you said, not something that I think a lot of people are used to that. They're, you know, not a team that's consistently at the top anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, the big storyline is, uh, Ferrari's departure, uh, obviously a couple of years ago, um, yeah, two years ago, you had AJ Ferrari who was a national champion as a true freshman. Um, they're 197 pounder and they kind of made some, some chess piece moves around him as far as the roster goes with Luke Serber bulking up to heavyweight. Um, they, uh, you know, I know they, Dakota gear stuck around for one year, an extra year and was, uh, it was an all American and Ferrari's freshman year, I guess. And, uh, and they, and they, the, you know, there's, they finished third at the NCAA tournament and looked poised to kind of do the same thing again because they had more or less that same team back, uh, maybe minus a few little tweaks to the lineup. And in a lot of ways, you saw those tweaks being positive because, uh, like I say, server bulked up to heavyweight and and took over the job there. So even though Austin Harris was a round of 12 guy at the NCAA tournament, you kind of had all these pieces coming back. Um, that that made OSU look like they were going to be another top, you know, not a first place team, but a team that was going to win a tournament trophy and everything. And then uh, first thing that happened was Ferrari's uh, car accident. And then, uh, you know, he didn't wrestle anymore that season. And then now there's the bigger storyline is, uh, you know, there's a sexual sexual assault investigation that's still ongoing um, with him and will be for some time, I'm sure. But, uh, but, when that happened, um, he and Oklahoma State went different directions, and that's completely kind of shifted everything at Oklahoma State. You had, you know, your number one overall recruit, your national champion, all those things, uh, actually your program, and then you had, uh, you know, which caused a lot of lineup shifts. You had uh, Luke Serber go down to 197 to kind of replace him. So Luke's adjusting to that 197-pound weight class. He's pretty solid. He was a NCAA qualifier at heavyweight last year. Um, but he, like say, he he was really what, what what they call the bulk job or whatever with Oklahoma State, which has been something that's we've seen a lot of Oklahoma State as they bulk these guys up into these, uh, you know, these these uh, from ninety seven to heavyweight to fill that gap or whatever, and uh, and you know it works out. It's worked out pretty well for them. They've had a lot of success doing that, and and Server was good. He was a Big Twelve finals last year and everything. Uh, but with all the things with that, he's going down back down to 97. He's adjusting to that. You've got a few young guys. Um, Victor Boinovich has actually looked really good this season. Arguably, I'd say one of the better guys on the roster as far as overall performance and, and, and different things like that. Um, but he's looked really good at 49. Uh, but you but you just have young and new faces and things like that. And, and you just don't have sort of the high-end firepower to be – ranked higher on the ladder nationally. Um, you you know, you need guys that are going to bonus their way through the NCAA tournament, finish in the top four, top five, that sort of thing. And uh, it just it just hasn't happened. So, it, like, it, it's just guys that, that – they've just got a roster that has to develop, I guess, is, is the best way I could put that because uh, they're younger and different things like that. And then and even some of the older guys are kind of in the uh, – I would argue sort of in the twilight of their careers – and you know they they're going to need to wrestle over their heads for OSU to really finish pretty high at nationals and everything. But um, I, I don't know they're, they're they're a decent team and it's it's not the it's just that they don't have like the the guys that you know they they really have one guy in Dayton Fix that you know is going to finish as a very high All American and the rest are just sort of you know it's up in the air. They can finish they're probably going to qualify for the NCAA tournament that sort of thing, but. You know, only winning a match or two, the NCAA tournament doesn't score a ton of points. So they're just trying to develop them, and and those guys are trying to get there. But a lot of them are young. You know, it's just not quite there just yet. So you mentioned the stress on the fan base, just not something that they're particularly used to. Um, how has John Smith, head coach, been handling? You know, this I like you said, a lot of young guys, a lot of old guys. Like, 
just how's he been handling this season? What's what's his weekly approach been like? How's he reacting to certain things? What's because I feel like this is a super unfamiliar spot for him too, or at least you know after after Ferrari left and they had to you know do all these chess piece moves. Um, you know, just probably not what he envisioned this season to be. Yeah, when he was you know when Ferrari was winning a national title a few years ago. Yeah, the the interesting thing with John, it's it's kind of funny, and like I, I this is weird to say, but I, like my my mom had uh, COVID over Christmas, so we didn't get to do like a regular Christmas thing over Christmas, and we sort of backed it up. And the first weekend, we could all get together, and everything was actually this past weekend. And she's not like an avid wrestling follower or anything like that. She, I mean, she knows she watched me when I was a kid growing up in the sport and stuff, and then but she doesn't. But everybody knows who John Smith is, and, and, you know, in the, the Oklahoma or whatever. Uh, but she kind of joked the other day. She was like, man, he looks old <laughs> like, compared to, like, what he what he normally looks like. And, and I was like, you know, it's true. And, and it's funny. Somebody on, like, Press Rose said it the other day at, at a duel. But but I, it's kind of – it's it's sort of sad because I – there's people that think it's like, oh, John's lost his fire or something like that. It's not that at all. Like it's, it's maybe, I mean, there's other things, but like you can tell, like he, he puts a lot of pressure on himself and he's, he's used to winning and he used, he's used to, you know, achieving certain things and he's trying to get there. Um, but it's just, they're just not there right now. And he's sort of throwing everything he thinks he can throw at it to get it fixed, so to speak. Um, and and the, the unique thing I think for like the Oklahoma State fan base is a lot of them probably don't agree with with every angle he's using to kind of get back to that. But he's still you know putting a lot into it. But but it's definitely like it seems to from the outside looking in it seems like it's kind of taking a toll on him because he's really like working hard to do different things. And I know like you know I you as a media guy are used to this, but but. Fans may not understand this, but usually at the end of every season, whether it's football, baseball, wrestling, whatever, basketball, they do like a – depending on how the season closes out, but even in sort of a rougher year last year, they did it with us, um, an end-of-season press conference where they kind of wrap everything up and say, hey, like, you guys come in. You know, it's after the NCAA tournament. We've had a couple weeks to to sort of digest everything, and you can ask us some questions. And the way John sort of – approach that was they they sat down as a staff and looked at all these different angles that they thought that they could change some things to to fix what they're doing now and i i haven't actually you know communicated with them too much about uh all what all was implemented and different things like that but i know they're trying to throw some different things at it and do things a little bit different than what they've done traditionally um again i don't know that it's like the exact perfect answer that everybody's wanting to see. And it's never going to be some immediately tomorrow solution type deal. Um, but, but, you know, I, I don't know they're throwing different things at it. And I've talked to guys like, it's interesting. And, and I thought this was cool. And I've always thought this was, and this is something that's a little bit long-term and it's not going to happen overnight or anything, but I ran a channel Chandler Rogers recently and I see him around still a lot. He's back actually at grad school uh, at OSU and he's wanting to become a sports psychologist and that's like one element that they've they've sort of uh are kind of embracing john john and chandler sort of met up and talked about this it's like hey like that's you know what i'm going to school for what what can we implement with that and and more or less it was funny because chandler was at uh, little rock at the time as an assistant and kind of talked just randomly happened to talk to john right after that and they both kind of had the same. He's like, "Yeah, that's something we talked about in our meeting thing." And, and you know, so they're they're trying like unique different things there. Um, again, it's you, you talk to the fan base around here; they're not agreeing with everything that they're doing, and they think that there's certain things that they need to put way more emphasis on that we're not seeing enough of. And I don't know, maybe so in some positions they're right, but I, I like like I say, I, you can definitely tell his agent John; <laughs> it's taking a toll on him. But but he's throwing a lot at it to like to try to fix what the, what they got going and. It, what's unique uh, thing that I think kind of happened is he, or not that really happened, I wouldn't even say, but if, if you look back at John's career, they when he was in college, they ran off uh, a, a, co- a head coach at Oklahoma State for basically getting second to Van Gable. And for years, like he was, you know, Oklahoma State has all this history. They've had these great coaches. They've won all these national titles. 
suddenly Dan Gable comes along and he's beating this guy. And uh, they more or less, like I say, they, 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 Oklahoma State ran him off because he was getting second and because he couldn't de- beat Dan Gable. And I think, like, now you're looking at these, like, finishing outside the top 10 and stuff. I don't think there's any way that John doesn't see that and kind of think, you know, I don't know. You know, he's in, he's older and he's probably at retirement point anyway. But th- th- there's people that don't expect that with this program and they want to see things change. And so, uh, you know, I'm, I I know they're throwing a lot at it, whether or not it's all the right answer and how quick it's going to happen and how quick it's all going to get fixed. I don't really know. But, uh, you know, they, they got a couple of good recruiting classes. They got a, probably the number one class coming in next year. So that'll be a big help. It'll plug some holes. There might be, there's a couple of those guys are probably ready to start already. And I think that we probably will. Um, and, you know, we'll see how it all plays out. So there's clearly a lot going on in Stillwater right now. <laughs> um, but to kind of bring it into this coming weekend's duels, um, you know, you mentioned some of these young guys that, you know, Maybe if the NCAA tournament had to start tomorrow, they might have to nickel and dime their way into the team race a little bit just because of the lack of firepower. How much of this weekend then is kind of an opportunity for guys like, you know, I, I know Carter Young's not super young, but like, you know, he'll get his hands on Kale Happel and Casey Swiderski, right? Victor Voinovich is going to wrestle, you know, Colin Realbuto and Pinero Johnson. Like, it seems like for a few of these guys there's an opportunity here to maybe make a little bit of noise. Um, and I don't know if they, either haven't had these opportunities yet this season. I haven't really, you know, outside of Bedlam, I haven't really seen a lot of high profile duels that these two programs have been in, um, you know, or have they just swung and missed on previous opportunities? I don't know. Like, is that, is that maybe a fair way to frame their upcoming weekend or, or what do you, what are you kind of looking for this upcoming weekend at Oklahoma state? What's unique. And I, and I think in fairness, the best, really the best weekend of wrestling that I've seen at Oklahoma state like all together, when you look across the board, like top to bottom, you know, all those things was this past weekend when they wrestled Northern Colorado and West Virginia. And they, they won both duels pretty comfortably and they're favored to do so. But, but really, they didn't like it. Was, it's been really weird this season and how, and how they've competed. But it's been like a, a thing where one half of the lineup wrestles really well. And then the back half doesn't. And then it next month it's or next week it shifted. And it's like the the one twenty five to one forty nine looks great. One sixty five up looks terrible. Or is it, you know, and vice versa. And so you talk about those opportunities. Um, Carter Young specifically, when they wrestled Minnesota, which is their one dual loss in the season so far, Carter Young beat the kid that I think was like number three in the country at the time and may still be somewhere up around there from Minnesota. And uh, and uh, uh, Caden G. Feller beat a, another really high ranked kid, uh, also. And it, it kind of actually they almost swung the duel back and, and were because they did pretty good on the the uh, they started, I think, at 65 or something like that. And uh, that so they still technically needed a win. I think 49 would have been the one that would have got them over the hump, but they like it looked like they were dead to rights because they had uh, because Young had to win, uh, uh Gefeller had to win, and it was really highly ranked guys in both of those matches, uh, but they both beat him. So, like, the ceiling, it, what's the weird, unique thing is, like, it, it feels like the ceiling is pretty high on some of these guys. Like, a, a, a Carter Young, for example, like, he 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 has had that one big win over that kid from Minnesota. And a couple of years ago, you know, people, he kind of lit up a lot of eyes because he had a really good uh, run. I think it was senior nationals or something like that and finished third. Uh, or something along those lines. Um, but people like, you know, the, the ceiling is pretty high on him. And I, and I think there's, this is a great opportunity to kind of like avenge some of those just head scratching losses he's, he's kind of had during the season. Cause a lot of people, I mean, he was probably 10 or 12 coming into the season. He's fell a little bit lower than that, uh, taking a couple losses that most people didn't expect uh, going into the season. So I, I think, you know, if he has the right kind of tournament, he, I mean, the right kind of weekend, and kind of gets on a roll. He could. He he's one of those guys that I know going into the year it was like, hey, what what can we get get out of this guy? Like, if is he going to be all American type? You know, and because he, he he that part because he's kind of younger and and you know has that that room to grow and everything. And then Voinovich is the same way, but Voinovich has had like altogether a pretty good season. He's had a couple uh, 
losses that I think he'd take back, but it's really as a whole, he's looked solid. And so to go win, you know, if he, if he goes two and zero this weekend, that's uh, you know, probably puts him in the mind of a guy like a round twelve type guy that that people will go, okay, like he could break in, he could be an All American this year if he can beat guys like this, and and you know, which sets up a pretty good seed for him going in the Big Twelves, and then obviously would set up for a pretty good seed for him uh, going into the uh, NCAA tournament. So. So there's definitely like some opportunities for those guys to take off. But I think it, as Oklahoma State fans, you're wanting to see uh, more complete duels than than they've had so far. It's just been this unique, weird thing where one half of the lineup has looked really good and then the other half is just not. And they kind of, again, they to go back to it, they, they kind of had their best, most complete duels this weekend with Northern Colorado and uh, West Virginia. And if they can kind of build on that and, and do that moving forward, it's gonna it'll be pretty positive for them. Absolutely. Um, wanted to touch on Iowa State um, as well. We'll kind of weave back and forth between these teams. Um, you cover the Big Twelve for Intermat, and so I'm kind of curious to kind of see your your wider view of this, or or you know just kind of pick your brain about some thoughts I've had about Cyclones this year. Ten and two coming in, um, really impressive to start the year. They thumped Wisconsin pretty good. Um, down at the collegiate duels, they just the dresser bump to beat Cornell is just incredible to think about. They competed with Penn State, I thought fairly well. Um, they've had a pretty good dual team the last few years, um, dealing with some small injuries here and there. But this team looks like they're finally able to. This looks like a team that's going to contend for a trophy. Um, and you know, we're talking earlier about how you know there's a conglomerate of like 10, 12, 15 teams maybe that are going to be in that third, fourth place trophy hunt. I would probably firmly stick Iowa State at or near the top of that list with the likes of, you know, Nebraska, Missouri, um, NC State, Cornell's in that mix as well. Um, they're just – I think this is the step that they've finally been waiting to take, um, and I'm very curious to kind of see how they match up against, you know, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, I think two of the tougher teams in the Big 12 that they're going to see this season. And I don't know. Like, what 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 have you thought about the Cyclones so far this year? Um if if you've watched, I know you probably don't watch them as much as Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, but um, you know, from my vantage point, fairly impressive team so far. And so I'm kind of curious what the vibe is like, knowing that you've got to deal with them, um, you know, or at least the teams that you cover have to deal with them this coming weekend, right? Oklahoma State and Oklahoma, they got to go to Ames, which is, you know, that's they've wrestled very very well at home the last few years, and you know, this seems like a team that you know infusion of a few high-powered freshmen a lot of the older guys are coming along they brought back three all-americans there's a lot of really really good pieces on this iowa state team yeah for sure um i i you know <laughs> you kind of talked about it a little bit but so i do um and you're in the same boat but uh i do high school stuff in oklahoma i do the, the colleges a little bit uh obviously Oklahoma state is kind of where i got my my start in wrestling coverage and then i have a day job too so it's uh, I'm all over the place, but busy man. But I, but but I am the uh, Big Twelve, and I got a three year old too, which makes it even crazier. But, uh, <laughs> but I am the Big Twelve guy for the Intermat, and and I, I honestly think Iowa State's the best team in the Big Twelve right now. Um, you know, Missouri won it last year. Um, they've been, you know, and I I, th- I picked Missouri going into the season, and you know they have almost everybody back. They have a really strong team back, and you know they may kind of come back and this kind of happened last year i believe iowa state beat missouri in the duel last year and then they came back around and uh missouri won the big 12 title um but but it feels like they're you know poised to to have continue their dual run like you said they've been a great dual team all these years uh or really since dresser came in as far as even you know even when their teams were kind of building up to what they've got now they were you know winning duels that they were supposed to win and, and um and you talk about uh, beating a good Wisconsin team that did what they, they did with Iowa the other night. Um, you know, it's they've got some really good wins on the resume. Uh, and, and again, I think they're probably the best team in the Big 12 right now. You know, the the weird thing is I kind of think as far as the team trophy goes at the NCAA tournament, Missouri might have a little bit better shot at that than Iowa State. And I know that's kind of sounds crazy, but you feel like, a tool if he's healthy 165 is his you know um and and that doesn't take anything away from Carr. i know he's he's good and everything but you know that's as long as there's 
you expect him to kind of win that pretty comfortably. And it's a match we have to see before we think otherwise. Right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't don't take like, yeah, not taking anything away from me. A bunch of Iowa state fans get on me on that, but, but you feel like O'Toole's a guy um, and and Elam, um, he's probably going to be the same way at 197 or at, uh, excuse me. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Elam's going to be the the same way at 197, which I know, um, you know, it's not like Iowa State doesn't have guys that can go deep into the tournament, but you just kind of feel like maybe at the tournament, Missouri could, at the NCAA tournament, Missouri could be a little bit better. But at uh, the Big 12, I, I think Iowa State's the team. And, and they again, they still could be that that trophy winning team at, at the NCAA tournament because you've got Carr and you've got all these other guys that can do a lot there too. Um, but, but the Big 12, when it's a little bit tighter field and, and, and you know, it's not, it's closer to what, I think of as a dual concept because you don't have all the nationally ranked teams, you know, everybody in the country and the big 10 and everybody else in the mix. It's kind of like, like I say, it becomes more like a duel at the big 12 tournament, but you know, both teams will be right back in Tulsa right around the corner and, and both be uh, going for the team trophy again. Uh, but, but the, the, I, I really do think Iowa State's the team to beat in the big 12 right now, at least from what I've seen to this point. And I and, and I think they could definitely win a, a team trophy at the NCAA tournament. You know, they they they've got to have I think some of those guys. Uh, what's the? I'm so bad with names, and I always feel so terrible about it. But the forty is is it forty nine? This looked pretty good this year. Um, forty nine, Panero. Uh, he he knocked Pinero, off Austin yeah, Gomez like, earlier. I think yeah, I think if you have guys like that that can kind of like break through and and, and finishes all Americans and things, and you know break into the big 12 finals and, and things like that. that. That's what they need in the postseason is those guys that are like, okay, we've seen that they can do some big things there. Um, you know, like, are they going to do it when it counts at, at, in the postseason? And if they do that, heck yeah. I mean, they're, they're again, in my opinion, the team to beat in the big 12 and they could definitely get up there and get a team trophy at the NCAA tournament. All indications suggest that these guys like Pinero and Casey Swiderski at 41 and, you know, Julian Broderson has come on really strong at 74. Um, Jason Kreiser's not – he doesn't have that big win yet at 57. He Maybe he could get it this weekend, right? He's got Wyatt Sheets and, and Garrett Ninehouse coming to town. Um, you know, Or I guess Ninehouse is at 65. I'm thinking G. Feller yeah. and she, um, she, – Sheets is 65 too. Sheets is at 65, yeah. Um I'm looking at my notes while we're podcasting and I clearly goofed up the lines, but yeah, like, you know, Kreiser is a guy that, you know, has shown that he can compete. Um, You know, can, can, like you said, you know, can, can they put it together in a tournament, which I think is the thing that's really been lacking with Iowa state the last few years, you know, last year they finished with three all Americans, which is fantastic. Um, You know, they qualified all 10 guys. The other seven guys went a combined one in 14, like it wasn't great. It was not a great March for them. Um, so, you know, can they finally put that together? I think they really like what they have in Pinero, just what they've seen from him. Casey Swiderski is, is a guy that's going to give you 110% every time he steps out on the mat. Um, you know, can, can the three all Americans hold serve slash improve on their finishes from last year, talking David Carr, Marcus and younger, and then can guys like Casey and Pinero and Julian Broderson, can these guys kind of nickel and dime their way up the team race? I think that's, that's how Iowa state's going to get it done. Um, and that's, I think one of the most intriguing parts about them just, you know, the rest of the way is, you know, can these guys position themselves to make a run? Cause we know that those three saw, you know, the three returning guys, they're solid. Like they, they have proven time and again, yeah. that they're, they're good. Like they're going to score their points. Can these other young guys and maybe guys that aren't quite proven, can they join them? Um, that's, I think the most, that's, that's, that's the answer for Iowa state so far. They've shown that they have, but obviously three days in March is totally different from, you know, 12 dual meets through the first, you know, two, three and a half months of the season so far. Um, really excited to watch those matchups. Wanted to get, uh, a quick question in on Oklahoma Sooners are also coming up to Iowa this weekend. Um, I was maybe really high or maybe really excited on the Sooners, just with some of the transfers that they picked up. Um, you know, Wyatt Henson went from Iowa City down to Norman. Moshe Schwartz went from Northern Colorado down to Oklahoma. Um, you know, Ninehouse went from Purdue to Oklahoma. Um, you know, and then they've, you know, pretty decent recruits that they picked up. Tate Picklow's in the lineup. Um, you know, they've had some other guy like Josh Heinzelman is a guy. There's, there's a lot to like about this Oklahoma team, and maybe I was just way too excited. Um, but they're seven and three. They're not ranked by Earl doesn't have them ranked in intermats tournament team poll, which is the one that I use. I haven't looked at the dual meet rankings. Um, but 
I guess the question I posed to you about the Sooners, was I too excited about them? Or were they are 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 they a little underwhelming thus far? What's what's your read on what's going on in Norman? Well, the the what you said is kind of the story of them right now. They're a team full of transfers, you know, and largely like in in today's world, I don't, I, I you know, some people, I don't, I don't know what the word is, but some people I take will, you know, put that down or something like that. Oh, this is they're just getting other people's guys and working with them and whatever. I mean, I, that, it's it's what wrestle, it's what college athletics is now. You know, if you can go to the transfer portal, if you know how to use that, if you know how to find people in it, like you're gonna win, <laughs> you know, and, and that helps. And all those heck, they got Stephen Buchanan um, from Wyoming too. You talk about Big Twelve stuff; so that's a huge storyline. But uh, but he's he's hadn't wrestled this year, and I don't think he's gonna be eligible this year. He's a midseason transfer, but uh, but I actually they may surprise me. I, I don't believe he's going to be eligible. I don't think he can, but. Uh, but what do I know? <laughs> That's a little on my head. But anyway, It'd be pretty dope uh, to add another All American to the lineup, yeah. right? But but regardless, they, they they've got all these transfers and, and they're they're you know competing with them and they're doing different things. You got Mitch Moore at one forty nine. Uh, I was a Virginia Tech guy. Um, like I say you talk about Henson, Henson Schwartz, um, Prada at one twenty five. Another Virginia Tech guy, um, and then uh, kind of their core guys. Like you talk about Piccolo, uh, Darren Roberts, and uh, and Heinzelman are kind of the three, you know, mainstay. Like Piccolo and uh, Heinzelman, both from Oklahoma, and then uh, Roberts, you know, came to uh, OU out of high school and everything. Uh, but the sort of, I, I don't know, the, the unique thing is that they're kind of, they seem to be in flux from like 174 to one to 197 basically um it's like different guys starting every week um you, you never really know who they're going to put out uh weirdly piccolo weighed in at 174 this weekend uh for ou and then wrestled up at 84 uh and and was pivotal they they, they basically needed him to to beat west virginia and he won his match um so it was kind of big for them there but uh but what's the i think that's sort of the the, the two stories is storylines of OU season to me is, is is the transfer portal and all the guys that they've got out there and what they're doing with them. And then the other piece is just like, what are they doing from 74 to 97? And I honestly don't know because it's, it shifts around a lot and they got a lot of different things going on there. Um, Butler, I, I miss out on Jacob Butler, but you know, Iowa state fans might be a little bit familiar with them because he, because he, might I mean I don't remember what the exact team score was at the Big 12 tournament, but he knocked off the the 141 uh, first round of the Big 12 tournament. He wasn't even like yeah, I mean wasn't even in the conversation to qualify for the NCAA tournament at the time. Upset him and then won a couple other matches and, and got a bid to the NCAA tournament. Um, but uh, he's another one that's been pretty solid for him. But he actually went up to 157, and and that's been unique. But they but he didn't wrestle last weekend, so I don't know if there's some injury stuff going on there. Or, or what's going on, but uh, he's, uh, but that's kind of the roster and everything, but they, it'll be unique to see what the, what they do. But, but like I say, the, the two big storylines to me are, are what, you know, what that upper weight group, like who are they going to solidify as the starters? Who do we see this weekend, you know, in, in these duels? And then, uh, you know, what, what are they getting out of the transfers that they've got this year? Seems like they're getting some good things, you know, and again, you, you probably follow them closer just because one, you're in Oklahoma and two, you, you, you cover the big 12, um, you know, so this will, this will really kind of be the first time I get to see them live. Um, you know, they've on paper, I guess they like, they've been fine. They've been okay. They're not a team that screams, you know, super big 12 contenders, but you know, they've got some dudes up and down the lineup, yeah. you know, like we, I, I guess I, I know of Henson. I know of Wyatt Henson. I'm excited to kind of see how he handles, you know, Kyle Biscaglia. And I believe it's going to be Zach Redding from Iowa state this weekend at 90 or 33, um, you know, know about Mitch Moore um, watch nine house when he was at Purdue, the kid's pretty tough. Um, you know, it's, it just, I don't know. Like, I guess I, maybe it was, you know, prisoner of the moment. You see all these transfers go down there. Um, you know, I was really excited about Henson when he was in Iowa city and, you know, to see him leave was a little bit of a bummer, but it's like, you know, hey, like I'm still kind of excited to see where he lands because I think he's going to be pretty good, um, you know, ranked 30th um, in in the Intermat rankings at 33. So, 
another weight where, you know, Hey, it could be an opportunity for him to maybe make a little bit of noise. Um, you know, just kind of, you know, very intrigued. Like I think there's, there's always, you know, always super excited when Oklahoma state comes to Iowa. Um, and I hate to like hit the snooze button on OU, but it's like, you know, Oh yeah. The Sooners they're coming too. Um, you know, and I guess I don't know. <laughs> well, the thing is that they're deep, and that's like I don't say deep, like it's there's not really one weight where you look at it and be like, okay, that guy's just not going to go out there and compete or something like that. They like you talk about they they plug holes with transfers, and they've done a really good job of doing that. So really, they have guys across the board, um, and 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 as we were talking about like the conversation of the Big Twelve championship and everything, they've had this weird thing where they always peak at the Big Twelve tournament every year. The last like three years, like. A couple of years ago, they tied Oklahoma State. Uh, you know, it came down to like I remember this, that it really could have been any one little match that o- OU would, or OSU, either one of them would have won on a consolation side. But they they stormed back on the consolation side, beat a lot of guys, and um, and tied Oklahoma State for the Big Twelve title. They finished second last year. They uh, they finished ahead of uh, Iowa State, which was shocking to me. You know, and uh, but they it, they've got like the pieces, you know, and, and it's, it's weird, but it always clicks with them at the big 12 tournament. It's like, that's always when they seem to wrestle their best. So if they hit on all cylinders in either one of these duels, like either one of these teams might be up for a fight that they didn't really expect and in a close duel. But, uh, but traditionally it's, it's really not been that. It's like the dual season's kind of, kind of if- iffy and whatever. And then suddenly they show up at big 12s and it's lights out and they wrestle their best. So if they, if some, some weird reason that, you know, they hit and they wrestle the best this weekend. It's all there for them to do, you know, some, some pretty solid things, but like, like I said, they got transfers, they got all these guys, they got big name recruits out of high school, but it's just, you know, it's just got to click. And, uh, and, and like I say, usually when it does click for them, it seems to be the big 12 tournament for whatever reason. No, I like that. That's, you know, similar to Oklahoma state that this seems like this weekend could be a fun opportunity for the Sooners to maybe come up here and just, you know, make a little bit of noise. It sounds like, you know, like can, yeah, can some yeah. of these guys, you know, get on their horse and get rolling. Can a guy like Wyatt Henson come in and compete against, you know, Kyle Biscaglia, who's a top 12 guy, um, you know, and Zach Redding, who's a guy that's proven that he can compete with some of those top guys. Can, can a Mitch Moore similar to Voinovich, you know, he's going to have real Buto and Pinero Johnson, you know, how, how does he handle two guys who, you know, all indications suggest are probably going to be wrestling Friday night at the NCAA championships. Um, Darian Roberts, same what, you know, if, if he ends up being the guy at 74, that's Lance Runyon and Julian Broderson, you know, or if it's Tate Piccolo, same thing, right? Like there's, seems like there's a lot of fun opportunity here for the Sooners, which is really exciting. Um, you mentioned just the, the pieces coming together for them um, more so at the big 12 tournament than maybe in duels. Um, this Northern Iowa team kind of falls under that same umbrella, except things have really I think been clicking for them. They've only wrestled in six duels this year, four and two, um, two and one against the big 12. They took a loss to Mizzou. Um, they took a loss to NC state at the collegiate duels in Louisiana, but I, this is a tough team. Like this is, and they've been really fun to watch compete. Like mostly because a lot of these guys are Iowa kids and I've been watching them forever. So that probably plays into how I view this thing, but you know, like they, I mean, they went out and they, I mean, they beat Ohio state when they were down in Louisiana they competed pretty well with a less than 100% lineup of CKLV. Um, you know, they they had to insert some backups in that duel against Mizzou. So the Tigers ran away with it pretty handily. But, um, you know, you look at this UNI lineup, they're going to be a tough out, man. Like, they're a lot of fun. Like Kyle Biscogli at 33, top 12 guy who has a lot of big wins, a couple head-scratching losses. But generally, he's a weapon. Kale Happel, um, the 34th guy at 141 last year. Um, top 10 in the country this year. Colin Realbuto has got a win over Sammy Sasso. Uh, Derek Holschlag looks like a guy that can win a couple matches at 25. Um, steady, consistent, um, experienced guys at 65 with Austin Yant, Lance Runyon. Um, fingers crossed he stays healthy at 74. And then you got second-ranked Parker Keck Eisen at, at 84. And then Tyrell Gordon at heavyweight, man. You talk about, like, what's the what's the biggest thing we've learned about you and I? He has been a revelation. Um, joined the program at 97. Decided he wanted to bulk up, struggled a little bit last year. You know, the changing weights, especially jumping from 97 to heavyweight, that's always a tough thing to to figure out. And I tell you what, he's figured out a lot of really good things this year. Uh, two wins over Tate Orndorf, a guy that competes really, really hard, um, wrestled really well at CKLV, currently top 15 in the country. Um, heavyweight's pretty, pretty, pretty deep in the Big 12. 
Um, so the next couple months, I think he's going to have his work cut out for him. But, you know, this is a guy that's maybe positioned himself to, you know, win more than a few matches. I mean, to talk about the guys that might be there on Friday night, I'd absolutely throw him in that mix. And heavyweight, you know, there might be tiers and hierarchies to this thing, but Dark Horse All-American candidate, he hasn't shown me that he's not yet, um, which is what's going to make, you know, part of this weekend fun as well. You know, you got two teams in Oklahoma State and Oklahoma who are coming up here and, you know, varying levels of the same tier, I suppose. Um, you and I is kind of right there in the mix. And I think this could be some really, really fun duels in Cedar Falls, um, which is like really, I don't know. It's really super exciting. Um, you know, and it'll also be the first time this season that I've seen the Panthers in person up close. I've just been watching them on streams all year. Cause they've either been on the road or I've been, I've had to do other things. So, um, I don't know. There's a lot to like about this UNI team. And there's really a lot to like about the duels that are coming up this weekend, which is second part of the pod. Um, just a quick breakdown of all four of these duels. We'll go in chronological order. Friday, Iowa State hosts Oklahoma at Hilton Coliseum. What do you think is the most interesting thing about that particular duel? Like, what's the one big thing you're going to be watching there? Um, I like the 149 matchup. Uh, we were talking about Johnson and, uh, you know, Mitch Moore was, was Big 12 champ a couple of years ago. He was hurt last year. Uh, but but that's, that's a good one um, that I think would be a pretty fun match. Uh, you know, weirdly, I, I I kind of think that OU matches up fairly well. If you look at a lot of the rankings and different things with uh, Iowa State, that it's I, I mean, I don't know that they can pull the upset, but I mean, they, they do have like just guys in spots that you think, okay, they could they could win that match, they could win that match, and make it kind of interesting. You know, like I say, it'd take a whole lot for them to to wrestle over their heads enough to, to actually make it, you know, a, a, a real tight duel, but, but, they, but they, I, I think there's some decent matchups there that, that, that put OU in a decent spot and, you know, they can compete. And again, there's 49. I really like that match. And there's a couple other ones that you talk about Johnson, maybe the heavyweight could be a good matchup there. Heinz one's kind of like, not had the best – like, you talk about guys needing to kind of prove something. He's not quite had, like, the ideal season so far. You know, a couple times in a double-A qualifier, he's like one of those guys you want to see, you know, if you're an OU fan, get into that that round of 12 All-American-type conversation. And you haven't really seen it yet, but this would be a, a really big win for him. So there's some, there's some good matchups there. And, again, they, they match up reasonably well as far as, you know, OU's makeup as a roster and everything that if a few toss-ups go their way, maybe it could get a little bit interesting. Yeah. You know, looking at, you know, you know, 25, I think, you know, Iowa state's without their, the, the guys that they yeah, want out pro- there. Probably so, favor there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so you know, whether he wrestles Fusely or Canopic or, you know, Ethan Perryman, a freshman that I know they, they want to keep in red shirt, but he's got a couple of dates left. So, you know, do we see him at one or both duels this weekend? I guess we'll see. Um, but yeah, you know, Prada's favored there. Can he score bonus? Um, you know, 41 with Casey Swiderski's injury, you know, is that something where Schwartz can maybe take advantage of, um, you know, can they steal matches at, you know, 57, 74, maybe, um, you know, if they're able to do that, maybe build some momentum. They, I mean, that duel, I think could get interesting. Um, so yeah, I, I like the 49 match, um, you know, Mitch Moore and Panero Johnson, Panero's, um, you know, really solid year, a couple of head scratching performances. And I think, you know, if he comes out and, you know, is able to put a few points on the board and, and really, you know, handily beat Mitch Moore, not blow his doors off, but really, you know, just control the match start to finish. Um, that might go a long ways in inspiring confidence. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, that duel is probably Iowa state's to lose, but no, I totally agree. There's, there's a handful of matches there that if OU can steal, um, could be an interesting Friday night names. Um, Saturday, Northern Iowa, Oklahoma state Panthers, I believe, have they beaten the Cowboys two of the last three times they've wrestled? They did last year. Um, I don't recall what the was it. It may be two or three. I know they definitely did last year in Stillwater, and it was uh, it left a lot of a bad taste, a lot of Oakland State fans' mouth. Yeah, and and I I retracting. I I just mixed up the names, and I I, I said the you and I heavyweight when talking about that matchup with Heinzman, but I I meant uh. uh was it Schuyler Schuyler? How do you pronounce Sam Schuyler from Iowa State? Schuyler, yeah. Schuyler. There we go. Uh, but uh, but yeah. Um, but anyway, Gordon beat uh, Server up at heavyweight last year, and I, and I think that's uh, you know a unique matchup because you talk about 
he's Gordon's had this year where he's like, you know, look like this dark out horse, uh, all American, all these things. Uh, the guy from Oklahoma State, Connor said his first year as a starter, he, he was behind Server last year after Server bulked up. But he's a big dude. Like, he, he's not like a, a bolt guy. Like, he's, you know, every bit of heavyweight. And uh, he has these weird, like, he just doesn't give up easy takedowns. And he uses – he can ride pretty good. So, he kind of uses that. And it's always these, like, overtime going to ride out type matches. And a win here, like, he's kind of – I've written a little bit about it, but he's kind of building this pretty nice little resume to, that looks like he's going to possibly qualify for the NCAA tournament or should be in, a like, a seed at the – Big 12 tournament to, that should put him in a place to qualify. Um, but he he's kind of like quietly doing that. Nobody's talking about him or whatever. A win like this would be would be really big for him uh, in this duel. Oklahoma State weirdly matches up well, I think, in this duel, though. And they, they didn't really have that the last couple of years. You had, uh, you know, a, a guy that kind of stepped in that was actually a backup 184 that stepped up to fill in at, at 197 when um, – uh, Ferrari went out and uh the uh you know that that's what it came down to that him backing up and wrestling at 197 and then that Johnson uh server match excuse me I take that back because he actually won his match um so so I, I scratched everything I said there because I was like because we were I was really shocked by that um but he he held on in a really tough like overtime match or something like that and won but anyway the matchups weren't didn't really favor Oakland State last year in Stillwater and then Server kind of got uh, lost that one there, and but this year it's kind of different. It, it just kind of feels like, you know, they've got their two or three matches that they're supposed to win, but like, you know, the thirty three for Northern Iowa was really good. He's probably not beating Dayton Fix. You know, it wasn't that that was a Big Twelve Finals last year? I think right. That was a Big Twelve Final. Yeah, it was something yeah, like five so, two or six two. Yeah, it, yeah. So I mean, like you, you know, matches they're used to winning. Um, so. Even though I, I kind of think Northern Iowa in a lot of ways is a better team than Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State I think has a pretty shot to win this one just because the matchups are pretty good for them and the way the team's set up. But uh, but it's really one that can go either way. You look up and down it. There's like, like I said, I think the heavyweight match can kind of go either direction. Um, you know, the really the two that uh, I, I don't think there's any question on are probably what 33 and, and 84 were. Fix his favorite at 33 and Keck Eisen at 84. But uh, those are probably the, the other two, match, like on paper. Yeah, exactly. But a lot of the other ones are like, okay, these guys are, and then 25, which that's a story with Oklahoma State right now. Trevor Master Giovanni didn't wrestle this way, uh, this weekend at all. And there's rumors out there, and I, I've heard some things. I don't know if he's going to be back. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we may see him, we may not. But, uh, but it, that creates, you know, a match that I think would have been, uh, you know, in Oklahoma State's favor, but it's it's definitely not going to be without him. And, it, and, it, and he has really had the best year so far. So uh, it, it may not have been, you know, uh, he may not he may not have been favored to begin with. But uh, but regardless, like they're going to possibly start a true freshman there, which you know opens up with a, a good opportunity for points for Northern Iowa to kick off the duel. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. It would be really interesting to see kind of how it goes. But I think Oklahoma State does match up a little bit better than they did last year just with some of the roster shifts. Like I say, Serber coming back down to 97, set sinking in at, at heavyweight and just the way they've shifted a couple things. Um, but at, at the end of the day, it, it's it, all, all across the board, there's a lot of matches that you can kind of go in either direction. Um, but I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. Yeah, well, and if you remember last year, what Oklahoma State won the first four matches, and then, yeah. and then you and I got on their roll, right? Like Holschlag, yeah. Derek Holschlag, um, stunner over Wyatt Sheets, Austin Yant beat Travis Whitlake, and then Lance Runyon came out and pinned Dustin Plot, and all of a sudden, boom, brand new duel me. Um, yeah, yeah, and that's like I, I, you know, you don't see that happening, <laughs> right? The like the plot, but uh, but yeah, I don't know that there, there's again, and I talked about it when we opened, but like. It's this weird thing where the different parts of the lineup are are wrestling better at different times. And if they're, you know, if it's the back half of the lineup that's not wrestling good or the front half of the lineup and you and I get some roll there or whatever, and then, you know, either OSU has to come back with the, their back end guys or they're in a spot where, you know, 
uh, where they, I don't, or vice versa, where they have to come back or they even get a lead early and and then suddenly like you're relying on the back end lineup to wrestle perfectly and win those last couple matches and you know it goes south there, then who knows? But uh, it, it'll be kind of interesting to watch. But uh, but yeah, there there's. It's been an interesting year in how the, the different halves of the lineup have wrestled for open states. So you can very easily see exactly what happened last year, where it's like one team gets on a roll and it, you know it go the bill suddenly tips in the other direction. So, hundred percent, yeah. I think I you know looking at it, um, you know you and I's probably got you know, I, and I don't even know you know mentioned 33 fix is probably the favorite mentioned 84 where Keck Eisen is probably the favorite. I think you could lightly pencil in Cerber as the favorite at 97. Noah Glazier has wrestled very valiantly there. Um, just kind of a little undersized when it comes to the weight class. Um, you know, I think, I, I think Oklahoma state would love to have Mastro because not only would they be a favorite, but they're probably scoring bonus points at 25. No offense to Kyle Goldhofer, but just struggling in his first year in the lineup. Um, you know, and then you look at, you know, 49, how does Voinovich wrestle against real Budo? Um, 57 G Feller and Holschlag. Um, you know, I think Dustin Plott's beaten Lance Runyon before. Um, I don't know that Runyon will catch him in a cradle again, but you know, his first match back after his injury, uh, he pinned some kid in a cradle at the, um, at the collegiate duels. Um, and then he wrestled, I believe it was Romero, Romero, Ethan Smith from Oklahoma state. One of those two, I get him mixed up, wrestled him really well. And he seemed to tweak his knee again in that match and still found a way to finish it. So, a lot of interesting matches here. Um, very excited for that duel on Saturday night in Cedar Falls. Um, I think you could probably just go ahead and call it the ultimate toss-up because there's so many different matches that could go so many different ways, yeah. um, which is exciting. You know, hopefully they pack the McLeod Center and and you know those two teams put on a show because there's a lot that could there's there's a dozen different duel scenarios out of that one. Yeah, and the weird thing with it is, you know, I with Oklahoma State, then you again you've got guys like Carter Young that's like. And if he's on, he's on, and he can beat literally anybody in the country. And so there's like things like there's probably okay, Northern Iowa is probably a slight favorite right there, but who knows? You know, right, like, like young, matches. young beat like, Kale Happel last time they wrestled. So yeah, it's exactly. Like, it's, it's it's he's not. I mean, like on paper, if you look at probably the rankings and stuff now, I don't know that Young's up there with uh, with him this year. But uh, but like I say, beat him last time. You know, who knows how that match would go? And so I don't know. It, it's a lot of. Vornovich is one at 49 the next way. Like, I really want to see. Yeah, he, he kind of like he, he sort of, well, the way I'd say he stubbed his toe in a few matches earlier in the season. He's he's lost like one or two that you're like, okay, he, he could have got that back. One or two little things go different than he, you know, he, he wins that match. Well, again, here's what do we got in, in Victor Vornovich? Can he go and beat these guys that are, that are you know, if, if he's going to get into that kind of, all-american conversation or whatever and so that creates these these seemingly interesting matchups to me here so it'll be 100%. it'll be good duel. absolutely super excited sunday they flip-flop um northern Iowa is going to host oklahoma in cedar falls um similar to like just look at i mean it's the, again this is all on paper so we'll see what actually happens on sunday um but there's a lot, there's, there's enough interesting matchups here where it's like, you know, okay. Like, do you give you and I the edge? Like, I don't know that I would initially, because there's a lot of really interesting matchups here. Again, 49, Mitch Moore calling real Buto. um, you know, nine house versus Austin yet. Maybe you give Yant the slight edge there at 65. Um, you know, I think in the heavier weights, you know, specifically 74, 84 and, and 285, maybe you lean Northern Iowa, but you know, which Josh Heinzelman shows up, right? That's a guy that's capable of winning pretty big matches. And how does he handle Tyrell Gordon? Um, you know, can Joey product get bonus points right out of the gate if they start at 25, just interesting matchups and, you know, similar to their duel with Iowa state. If the Sooners steal a couple of these swing matches becomes a pretty interesting duel, depending on where they start. Right. You know, I like, like I say, I, 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 it's not a knock on OU. I've covered some of the kids on that team, you know, through their high school years and stuff like that. Um, but, but for whatever reason, this last couple of years, it's they've not had the greatest dual teams, and then suddenly at the Big Twelve tournament, they wrestle their best. Um, <laughs> so you usually in duels that you don't, unfortunately, I guess if you're an OU fan, you don't see them steal. They like suddenly come up and these guys just wrestle out of their minds and, and steal those matches you're talking about, like the, they're going to need to win this duel. Um, 
I, I do think the talent's there. I, all those things we've, we've kind of talked about already. It's like the talent's there for them to just show up and, and, and rest the lights out and, and, and do that. But it's like typically when that happens, it's the Big 12 tournament. It doesn't seem to happen during dual season. Uh, but, I mean, they pushed OSU to the brink uh, in Bedlam. And, I mean, OSU was on their heels really up until the last couple matches. But, again, that's been the theme with OSU. It's like they have one half of of, of each duel. They they just don't look very good. Um, but, uh, but they've got the, – the pieces are all there for OU to be, you know – to win really either one of these duels this weekend. And, and, and it'll be interesting to see if they can. Uh, but, but just, you know, what you've seen historically is, is that they don't, for whatever reason, it, it doesn't gel until the big 12 tournament. And that's when they wrestle the best. And that's when they wrestle lights out. Um, but like they have top to bottom, there's a lot of depth. They've, you know, really maybe 197 is the only weight that I think you would look at and go, okay, they're probably not going to qualify for the NCAA tournament there. But every other way, they look like they have guys of that caliber, um, you know, and that, you know, should get seated to, to and again, they wrestle the best of the Big 12 uh, and, and qualify for the NCAA tournament. But uh, so the, the depth's there, the talent's there, all those things, you know, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll just have to see. So it, it could definitely just take off. And if they get hot, they get hot and they could win the thing. Um, but but it, it's a, it's a very much so I think a, a a point I guess or whatever where OU as a whole and Rosselli and what they're doing to kind of prove themselves a little bit you know it's I I, I think if you're if you're OU and you talk you know I talked about OSU where they're traditionally not anywhere close to what they've been historically it, OU's kind of in the same boat to a certain extent. Um, because historically, OU's been pretty good too. Uh, but but like this would be kind of a coming out party to say, hey, we, you know, we we took on Northern Iowa and, and knocked them off, and it would be really like a nice little resume team building, all those things uh, for for that program to to go up there in Iowa and you know get a couple wins here. Um, but but again, it, it's it's just got to click just right for them, and, and they've got to just kind of wrestle lights out because the depth there, top to bottom, they got a lot of guys. They got Talented guys, they just, you know, it, it's just got to all happen. So, 100%. Last year, five to five in matches, you and I picked up a couple of major decisions, ended up winning that duel in Norman, 17 15. So, no, it's going to be pretty close. Also, notable in that uh, duel result, uh, Josh Heinzelman had a 3 1 win over Tyrell Gordon, something to monitor there. Um, and then I think that was really, I mean, what Joey Prada beat Kyle Goldhofer 4-1 at 125. So maybe Goldhofer won't give up as, uh, you know, bonus points in that matchup, um, assuming that they wrestle again to kick off that duel. Um, we'll see what happens. Very interesting Sunday matchup. Um, I'm excited for it. We'll wrap up Iowa State, Oklahoma State, kind of the, uh, you call this the marquee duel in the Big 12 this weekend, or there's another big one out there that I don't know about? Um, there's weirdly there's like i was kind of looking at the uh the stuff this week as i was doing a write-up for intermat but there's a a couple like duels that i think you would say on paper like you know like it's actually northern colorado west virginia is one that's like really interesting because it's just like you know it's not they don't have the brand names of oklahoma state and iowa state or anything like that but there's like the matchups and all those things you go, okay, like this could be um, and now South Dakota State and uh, Northern Colorado. Uh, that, that's a really good one because like, you got Carlson and uh, Alirez. Like, I don't know. There's, so there's some, so there's some other ones out there that you just like, okay, like the, the matchups, the pieces are there just right for this to be a really good duel. But uh, I, I think definitely when you talk about just the brand names, the history of the programs, the rivalry, the true like, you know, big eight big 12 trend like you know i mean obviously we have all these affiliate teams and i, and I love all those teams and coaches programs and stuff but when you look at like traditional old school wrestling fans they're, they're used to that you know ou iowa state oklahoma state even nebraska you know that's not there anymore or whatever that's that's kind of like that throwback or whatever that all those elements of it come together yeah this is definitely the duel of the the week in the big 12 um and, and i think you know it could like say oh shoes down i think Iowa State's the best team in the Big 12 right now. And I and I honestly think they again, I think they win the Big 12. I, I think they got a shot at a trophy. Uh 
the NCAA tournament, but uh, but I, I definitely would circle this one as one that you know is going to be on the radar of wrestling fans across the board right now. Yeah, and I think you know going back to what you were talking about when it comes to ISU OU, um, you know if if the Sooners steal a couple of matches, it could get interesting. Same thing with this Iowa State Oklahoma State duel. There's there's some interesting matchups here. Um, you know, I think Oklahoma state's probably favored at 33, 57 and 74. Um, you know, but how well does server handle younger? Um, interesting to kind of see that dynamic. Um, can Doucette Russell up, you know, against Skyler can, can Oklahoma state win the match at 25 because it's going to be an experienced wrestler that the Cyclones throw out there. Um, is Dayton able to score bonus points? Um, is, can G Feller take care of business? I mean, there's, there's a path here, I think for the Cowboys to make this interesting, um, but just based on that, you know, Carter Young against Casey Swiderski, can Carter Young catch lightning in a bottle this weekend? I don't know. Um, the path is there. It's similar to the Sooners. It just it looks like it's a pretty tough path to make happen. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, you know, I, people know I'm I'm I put Oklahoma State guy with school there. All those things like I, I don't see OSU winning this duel, uh, and it, it's it, it's just again, and you add in the. We don't know what's going to happen at 125. Who's going to roll out there? And uh, I think Blankenship's a great kid. I think he's a kid I covered here. I think he's going to be very good. You know, I did a write-up, kind of a recap thing uh, for the weekend for Pistols Firing. But I, I think he's going to be a very good wrestler for Oklahoma State. But he's just a true freshman, and he's coming off an injury. There's a lot of different things there that just make that, like, a tougher win than you would think. And, and you know, before last weekend – you thought Master Giovanni, even though he's not maybe having the perfect season, he would get a win there. Um, but uh, it, it's just it, it's a tough road uh, to go for Oklahoma State, and uh, you know we'll, we'll see what's how it all plays out. But uh, you know if you get again, Blankenship maybe pulls off something that I wouldn't expect, or Mastro does wrestle like. You get fixed. I again. I'm really intrigued by Voinovich's matchups this weekend. Um, I, I think if he, you know, I, I don't know. Again, I, I'm pretty high on Johnson. I think he's been really good and really impressive, and he's one of those guys that I think could break in and be an All American this year at 149. But I also kind of think the same thing about Voinovich. So, um, you know, th- I, that's a really intriguing matchup to me. So if you if you think you can slide in a couple of those little upsets and, and do some things there. And, you know, I, Travis Whitlake is an interesting one at, at 84. I mean, I know, like, he's up two weights from last year. He's It's a way different thing. He's not really – he doesn't look like the surefire All-American that he was a couple of years ago at 165. But all the the talent in the world is there. You know, he, he was an All-American a couple of years ago. He finished fourth at 65 a couple of years ago. Um, you know, and, and it's – I think he's kind of – there's been, like, an interesting thing to watch with him, but I think he's – figuring out how to wrestle those bigger guys, which has been a transition. And, you know, I mean, like he's up, it's not like he went up one weight class. It's really like he's wrestling a lot stronger, a lot bigger guys, but I think he's kind of tweaking his game a little bit to do different things to like not get stuck underneath him and different things like that, that that were sort of plaguing him in a couple matches early in the season that maybe, you know, maybe he can make that competitive. Uh, But I, you know, I think that's Coleman's to lose, but uh, you know, I, we'll see, we'll see how it all plays out, but yeah, it's hard to see them say pulling the upset, but you know, I don't know, a couple, a couple things break their way. And uh, again, you gotta, you gotta win. You gotta get, uh, I'm not gonna say you gotta have, you gotta win at 125. I don't know that you gotta have Matthew Giovanni, (laughs) but you gotta win that one. You know, you win, like I say, you get the bonus at 33 with figs and you know, I don't know. There's, there's, it's hard to see the path, but I, I, I do think that you know the the forty nine, fifty seven, or really the I even say forty one to sixty five or forty one to fifty seven. Excuse me. Um, those three matches, if Oklahoma State can go three and zero in those matches, then hey, you know that that that's maybe the path that I, I would say you got to look at and go. This is how they could they could flip things and win it because I, those are they're probably not favored in all three of them, but those are matches that they could pull off wins in. And if, it, you know, if they go three and oh and magically pull that one off, then that that's maybe the path that I would see, you know, is what puts them together and helps them win this duel. If, if they were to win the duel. So. Hell yeah. Going to be an exciting week of wrestling weekend of wrestling, Oklahoma and Oklahoma state coming up to Russell, you and I and Iowa state, Seth, 
I appreciate you making some time to break down these duels and these teams. You got anything else for us before we sign off? No, man. I'm looking forward to it. It'll be fun to watch. I just uh, That's all I got. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, man. Absolutely. Appreciate the time. That's all we got today, guys. Appreciate you all tuning in. Uh, we'll be back later this week. There's another big duel coming up this weekend on Friday in State College. Going to link up with Kevin Clonch. Intermat's Big Ten correspondent, one of the Big Ten correspondents, going to break down that duel and what we're seeing between the Hawks and the Knits. Um, so be on the lookout for that later this week. Until then, be sure to rate and review the show wherever you listen to your podcast. Subscribe to the Des Moines Register. Don't want you guys to miss any of our wrestling coverage the rest of the season. Be sure to follow Seth on his socials. Read his work at Intermat, Pistols Firing, and every other website you write for, because I feel like it's like 17 different websites now. Um oh my God. Uh, so yeah, be sure to follow Seth. He's always got really, really good insight and great wrestling coverage, um, especially about the Cowboys and the Sooners. You can find links to do all of that as well as stories from this past week in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. You guys, we will talk again soon.